welcome to the GLD podcast, Governance Uncovered, Local Politics and Development, supported by the Swedish Research Council. This month, we talked to Tugba Posaga, Research Fellow at Harvard Kennedy School's Middle East Initiative and a PhD student at MIT Political Science. In 2018, Tugba received a GLD short-term grant to do fieldwork in Turkey to study social proximity among bureaucrats. In this episode of Governance Uncovered, we get to hear more about her research and her experiences from the field. Tugba explains why her research is important for policymakers, as it offers an alternative explanation to why quality of public services might be lower in places such as immigrants or minority neighborhoods. Her research has also resulted in a GLD working paper, linked in the bio below. As always, this podcast is hosted by GLD director Ellen Lust. We hope you enjoyed the talk. So first, I want to thank you for joining us and for also contributing to our working paper series with a working paper that will be coming out and that I'd like to take the time to discuss this session. It's, a, I think, a great contribution to how we understand and think about service provision and the times in which um, citizens are able to actually benefit from good services and where they're less so, um, from an approach that is not simply thinking about citizens and how they can hold service providers accountable, but also thinking about the relationships among bureaucrats and, and the providers themselves. So you, you are focusing on Turkey. Um, and I think that for many people, sort of understanding the relationship, say, between mukhtars and even what a mukhtar is and, and other bureaucrats uh, might not be so straightforward. So can you just begin by giving us a, a little background on the Turkish system? Sure. First of all, thanks a lot for inviting me and also thanks a lot to GLD for supporting my project. Yes, this project focuses on Turkey as an empirical setting. And Turkey has a strictly centralized bureaucracy uh, when compared to other countries. And most public services are financed and provided by the central government itself through a nested hierarchy. So key public services such as education, health, or in rural areas, even sewage infrastructure have been provided by the central government uh, through this nested hierarchy that is composed of uh, respectively, province governorates, district governorates, and neighborhood and village heads, which are called muhtars in Turkish and also Arabic. And uh, as a side note, the centralized governance structure was actually inherited from the Ottoman Empire, and it has become an essential element of the nationalization process in the early Republican era and uh, later periods as well. So many other countries in the Middle East and North Africa that were previously governed by the Ottoman Empire, uh, such as, for instance, Tunisia or Egypt, also inherited the same institutional structure. But of course, in addition to these uh, local governorates, which are subject to and working for the central government, there are also municipalities which are independent and elected through local elections. But uh, while the jurisdictional authorities of local governorates and municipalities physically overlap, uh, municipalities' duties and responsibilities are mostly limited to basic infrastructural services such as water, sewage, solid waste management and public transportation. And this was actually only in urban areas, so municipalities, jurisdictional authority was only in urban areas until the 
recent lo local administration reform. So when we talk about rural villages, almost all public services and goods are provided by the central government. And uh, this division of labor uh, is important because in my research design, I only focus on outcomes fulfilled by these non-partisan local bureaucrats in district and province governorates and the muhtars in villages. And I think focusing only on outputs fulfilled by these nonpartisan local bureaucratic institutions instead of elected institutions and politicians such as municipalities kind of enabled me to see the puzzling results about subnational variations in state capacity, specifically the question of why is there so much variation in local state capacity. And I think this also helps us from an empirical standpoint because this centralized structure helps us isolate factors such as subnational differences in administrative rules and financial resources, which are commonly seen in more decentralized and federal systems. Can you give us just an example when you say the subnational variation, right, in the services that are delivered? Can you give us an example of how those might differ? And should we understand them simply the way I think that we often do, which is urban areas tend to have better schools and, you know, better services and, you know, water infrastructure, et cetera, and rural areas have less so. Is that your experience and, and your observation or, or how do we understand the, that variation? So I don't think there is, interestingly and counterintuitively, I don't think there is necessarily a correlation between being more urban and public services and quality in service provision. For instance, um, I'm thinking of an example. I mean, in some ways, it seems like that your design almost exploits this example, right? By looking at these kind of border areas where, you know, you're looking at places which are almost equally rural, for instance, or almost, you know, kind of geographically not that distant from each other. And they have at the same time, because they're on different sides of administrative districts, are different in terms of their distance from the district center. Yeah, I don't think being in urban areas, being located in a more urban province is necessarily, does necessarily make sure that a village has a better infrastructure or more access to education and health. Actually, this is also one of the findings in my work. I find that, uh, for instance, uh, whether being located in a socially fragmented district decreases the likelihood, for instance, to have a water supply network for any village with otherwise similar characteristics. And I actually find that it does. So villages in socially fragmented districts and provinces, which are actually more economically developed and more urban places had a water supply network, so had a better water infrastructure, despite the fact that these are actually located in more uh, economically developed regions. So location definitely is very important, but the location may not be important in the sense that we expect. So the results that I find in my paper are actually kind of counterintuitive in that sense. So when you say socially fragmented, help mm -hmm. us understand a little bit more what that means. To measure social fragmentation, I use cell phone metadata that has information on antenna level mobile call traffic. And of course, these antennas are located in different neighborhoods. Um, so the social fragmentation measure that I use in this study 
shows the average social distance between neighborhoods in a province. So how much a neighborhood communicates with other neighborhoods on average and how much these different neighborhoods are connected on average in general. And uh, when we look at the correlation of social fragmentation, of a social fragmentation measure, which is based on cell phone metadata, I actually find that this is correlated with many diversity measures, such as a hometown fractionalization index, for instance. So uh, social fragmentation correlates with how heterogeneous the residents are in terms of, of their hometown backgrounds. It's also correlated with other diversity measures, such as uh, ethnic fractionalization and political fractionalization. So we can imagine that these are places that are more cosmopolitan, where residents are from different hometowns, from different ethnicities, and represent different political ideologies. And that's why the different neighborhoods in these administrative units are not that uh, well connected to each other when we look at their communication with each other. And how does that then play into whether or not they get the kinds of services that we're talking about from the central government? I think the short answer is, of course, there can be multiple sources of the main independent variable in my theory is social proximity between bureaucrats and how that affects bureaucratic efficiency and bureaucratic performance and the quality of service provision, which are the kind of a function of bureaucratic performance. And of course, there can be multiple sources of social proximity, such as geographic distance, ethnic divisions, or the local social network structure. And for instance, I find that I can maybe first start with how I use geographic proximity and how geographic distance between village muhtars and district officials is important. So in my research design, I first look at the effect of social proximity on bureaucratic efficiency, in part by using bureaucrats' geographic proximity to each other as a proxy for social proximity. And I find that, of course, using a uh, design which allows me to compare villages that are similar in most relevant characteristics to each other, specifically a, a spatial regression discontinuity design. Um, I find that more proximate villages, so villages that are closer to their district headquarters, display higher quality water infrastructure by using various different measures to the water infrastructure. And in addition to this uh, output-oriented measures of bureaucratic efficiency, I also use a more direct measure, specifically whether district officials can get or have access to village muhtar's cell phone information, which I think is a very uh, good indicator for bureaucratic coordination and efficiency because it completely depends on uh, the interactions between local bureaucrats. And I go on to test two further implications of this theory and here i will talk about how social fragmentation plays a role here i find that geographic proximity becomes a less relevant factor in socially fragmented administrative units or when there are ethnic or religious divisions between bureaucrats and this first test about social fragmentation 
as I uh, mentioned before, it relies on the idea that in socially fragmented, diverse administrative units, such as cosmopolitan urban areas, it is hard for bureaucrats to establish or maintain social ties with other bureaucrats in their jurisdiction. So with bureaucrats in other villages, in other districts, or the district and province center. And therefore, in socially fragmented provinces, I theorize, we shall see low bureaucratic efficiency regardless of the geographic positions of bureaucrats. Again, as I mentioned before, I use cell phone metadata to measure the degree of social fragmentation. And I find that villages in socially fragmented uh, provinces, which are actually more urban provinces, indeed perform worse in terms of the quality of water infrastructure or access to cell phone information. And yes, I think this is kind of counterintuitive and I find it fascinating, that's why, because these are more cosmopolitan, more economically developed places with higher education levels. And there is also another dimension of social fragmentation or social distance, of course, which is ethnic or religious divisions. And about that aspect, I show that when there are ethnic or religious divisions between district officials and village mutars, we see low bureaucratic performance regardless of the geographic distance between district headquarters and villages. And in this empirical analysis, I basically focus on villages from a minority background, specifically Kurdish and Alevi villages, which are the ethnic minority and religious minority groups in Turkey. I find that in these uh, two subsamples, in minority villages, even geographic proximity cannot increase bureaucratic efficiency. Yeah, I think this is fascinating because it really turns our attention to how the bureaucrats engage with each other in order to get services right. And so I'm just curious to hear a little bit more about kind of what you've found in Turkey and in talking to people and kind of the case study work about how do bureaucrats see their obstacles? Do they see the obstacles to being able to get done what needs to be done as being about these kind of communication issues with other, with other bureaucrats? Or do they see it more in terms of the citizen demands? Or how do they see their own problems? Yeah, so to see those outcomes um, in the field, I I did some field work in provinces of Turkey with uh, different ethnic and social geographies. So in the theory that I talk about, one of the key mechanisms is bureaucratic transaction costs, because uh, we know that bureaucratic transaction costs, such as uh, red tape and time costs, allocative inefficiencies or slacking and shirking behavior by bureaucrats themselves actually creates an inefficient bureaucracy. So the prototypical ideal bureaucracy, as we know, is a Weberian bureaucracy, which is defined by Weber as a rational legal public administration with a strict division of labor, a hierarchical structure, and all processes are impersonal and based on rules. But I find that these personal relations sometimes increase these bureaucratic transaction costs. And when there are friendships or face-to-face interactions between bureaucrats, these uh, interactions, these social ties, alleviate these uh, bureaucratic transaction costs. Um, For example, several village hats in Turkey told me when they make a request from the spatial provincial administration in 
the province center for a public good such as laying down pipes in the village. The SPA never sent the service they want at the time they need it. And Muftar's believed this was simply because the officials at the SPA, the special provincial administrations, were too lazy. And I found that in contexts where these social relations in a province are closer and when people invest in their local social networks, these face-to-face interactions, indirect uh, social ties to higher level bureaucrats, uh, facilitated the job of village heads a lot. They could uh, reach uh, the higher level bureaucrats in a much easier way. And the higher level bureaucrats also respond, are also becoming much more responsive and uh, much more reachable. And I think an important reason of that was these direct interactions, direct personal interactions between them and the mechanisms such as informal information flows and uh, even social sanctioning between these bureaucrats at different levels of hierarchy. Which is fascinating, right? Because in a sense, it's not just that you're thinking about sort of the, the reach of the state in different places, but really actually kind of questioning our fascination with a Weberian model of the state, right? I mean, so this this question about whether or not what we really want to do in terms of improving state functioning and livelihoods and basic development is really to have it be impersonal, impersonal interactions, right? Now, a person could sort of question, okay, is, the, is this because, you know, on the one hand, it may make things more efficient in some places, does it also exacerbate inequalities, right? So that the places then that don't have these kinds of ties are left out, and then, of course, they don't develop them. So if you're thinking in terms of, of trying to address the inequality issue or to strengthen services in the places where those social ties don't exist so much, do you have thoughts in terms of what kinds of measures could be taken to, to help overcome that? Yes, first, I think whether we can attribute to the, uh, this improvement in local government performance to favoritism or another similar negative outcome depends on the counterfactual scenario. So in most cases, uh, we can't even talk about favoritism, I think, because bureaucrats usually work for a common goal, such as completing the health clinic building of the district, and they don't really compete for an outcome. And in cases when there is competition for resources, I think this might look like favoritism, but the counterfactual scenario is in most cases a bureaucrat who gets lost in the hierarchy and cannot move things forward. And social proximity, therefore, can improve this, uh, the overall efficiency compared to this counterfactual scenario where everybody is a Weberian actor. So, in other words, I believe that we are not talking about getting a bigger slice from the pie here. And I think it's about expanding the pie. And um, as I mentioned in the previous question, I also look at whether being located in a socially fragmented district decreases the likelihood to have a water supply network, a high quality water infrastructure for any village. And the fact that it does, uh, I think shows that in places where we, where we can exploit these social ties in a good way, we will be able to expand the pie. And of course, here comes another very important point, I think, 
I think the only problem might become if the social proximity moves along the ethnicity or uh, religion dimension. Because if social proximity moves uh, along the ethnicity and religious dimension, uh, ethnic differences between bureaucrats may have a negative effect on bureaucratic efficiency and state capacity. Because the ones that will not be able to navigate through the bureaucratic channels will always be the lower level bureaucrats from minority groups. And therefore, this will result in a much salient inequality between these minority neighborhoods and villages and other neighborhoods, which exploit their social ties with bureaucrats in other institutions or uh, with the higher levels of the hierarchy. And I think, therefore, this uh, study shows that it is very important to have a representative bureaucracy at all levels of the hierarchy so that every bureaucrat from any identity-based, even bureaucrats from places which are minority in terms of their identity, in terms of their uh, ethnicity, religion, or political views, they should be represented in the bureaucracy as well. I think this shows that um, not only representation in politics, but also representation in bureaucracy is very important. And so you may not have gotten to this point in your study, but I'm curious to know if these social ties matter more if we're talking about different levels of the bureaucracy, right? So you're right. Within the bureaucracy, it can also mean that, you know, if you're from a minority group, you know, if these ties are dependent upon identity, then it may be more difficult to move up. But I'm also wondering if if we're thinking about the kinds of resource transfers and efficient kind of coordination that needs to take place, are there some parts of the bureaucracy for which this is more important and some parts of it for which it's less important? Is it about rank? Is it about kind of different types of services? Do you, do you have any sense about, about those differences? I mean, this was something that informed my research design as well, because uh, I tried to choose outcome measures which depend on local bureaucratic processes and where the influence of politicians' decision is minimal. And the water quality of water infrastructure, at least in the Turkish context, was such an outcome measure. And of course, uh, the ability to uh, reach the cell phone information of other bureaucrats is also directly related to bureaucratic processes. So the answer is, of course, uh, there are other public services that are directly dependent on the decisions of politicians rather than local bureaucratic processes. And therefore, in these public services, uh, we may see the effect of social proximity to a much smaller extent. For example, of course, uh, education and health services are, for example, very important, but their location, the location of schools and health clinics, um, at least in the Turkish context, are usually a result of the decision-making processes of the national ministry rather than local bureaucratic processes and uh, the discretion of local bureaucrats. Um, therefore, they can't really be good measures to capture the concept of uh, bureaucratic efficiency and performance, and they are much more dependent on political processes. But that said, um, even though bureaucratic performance may not be uh, a direct determinant where a health clinic or school is located, if we look at more fine-grained measures related to the quality of service provision, we, I think we can see the effect of social proximity in sectors such as health and education as well, 
that are more uh, dependent on political processes. For instance, yes, bureaucrats may not be determining the number of hospital uh, health and education investments a province receives, but they can affect how long these construction projects take or how much cost cutting can be done. I think uh, as uh, to the extent that we can use more fine-grained measures, we can also see this uh, positive effect in other sectors uh, as well. What do you see as the next questions or the, the questions left unanswered at this point? Right. Yeah, this is a very interesting question and I have actually several directions to go. There is, for instance, the question of how much outcomes such as corruption or collusion uh, can result from these? Or is corruption or collusion an outcome of party linkages or connections with politicians? I think this is a very important research question and that enable us to see whether the net benefits of social proximity will be positive or negative and in what contexts. Uh, for instance, in, I think in many cases, especially in the empirical setting I'm using, it is usually party affiliation or connections to politicians that lead bureaucrats to more collusion, because in those cases, bureaucrats are usually not scared of being sanctioned or fired. So I think that the potential positive effects of social uh, proximity can be higher in states with a reasonably well-functioning bureaucracy because in those places bureaucrats may uh, prefer their long-term interests such as high salaries, tenure guarantees, stable income to short-term financial interests and therefore the implications of this theory might be weaker for countries with failed states and might be much stronger in countries with a reasonably well-functioning hierarchy. And I think that's why the uh, generalizability of this question to other contexts, in other words, how much, in what context social proximity has a positive effect, in what contexts it tends to have ne negative effects is a very important question that I want to work further. Excellent. Actually, it's something we'll all benefit from, right? Because in some ways, the argument that the social ties and the proximity generates better outcomes, like you said, it's, it's a bit counterintuitive, or at least it, it, it makes us sort of stop and think about those trade-offs between the positive and the, and the negative potential impacts. So that's great. I think it's really, like I said, it's really fascinating work, and it's, and it's exciting to see. So um, I look forward to seeing where that, where that goes next. Is there any other messages or things that you wanted to make sure that listeners have the ability to learn from? I think I can talk about uh, maybe what I see as the main contributions of this study and how that informs us in terms of policy making. As I mentioned before, I think uh, this study may have important implications for the ethnicity and public goods literature, but not only for scholars but also for policymakers, because it shows that actually it offers an alternative reason for why the quality of public services may be lower in places such as immigrant or minority neighborhoods. I think state capacity in these places is something that we should do more research on. And I think in with the study, I tried to direct the attention of 
existing explanations to the sociological underpinnings of local government performance and public service delivery. And I think uh, in that sense, that distinguishes it from the accountability-oriented approaches and from traditional understandings of state capacity. And I believe that we need to do, and I, including me, we need to do more work on the sociological underpinnings of state capacity and bureaucratic performance because I feel like sometimes we tend to focus too much on politics and miss the long-term dynamics that actually do more salient effect on the life conditions and life quality of people in their everyday lives. So a part of me hopes that this study can have some policy implications as well. I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much again for working on this and uh, teaching us about what you're finding in Turkey and inspiring, I think, a, a set of work to come. So thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot for inviting me and for supporting my work. And I look forward to your future podcasts. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.